4: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the program, Betting Across America. Betting Across America is presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, your host live from Las Vegas. Your other host live from Boston, Josh Applebaum. Josh, so much is going on. My seatbelt is still buckled uh, when it comes to sports betting all across the landscape, NBA, NFL, everywhere, Major League Baseball. Uh, market insight, market update time. What do you have for us?
3: Yeah, so much going on here, Pritch. And let's just take a step back and just be thankful that we are in the sports betting renaissance right Right. now. I mean, uh, for so long, sports betting was in the shadows, considered taboo. We're seeing it spread all across America, thanks to the Supreme Court decision 2018 to overturn PASPA. So uh, some more updates here, a big one and then an even bigger one here. The first one, Wisconsin, Pritch. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking a lot about Aaron Rodgers. Um, Wisconsin is a state that you haven't heard much about legalized sports betting. But here's the thing. There was some movement here recently uh, between the Oneata Tribe Nation in Wisconsin and Governor Tony Edwards. Uh, they actually um, did a new gaming compact July 1st uh, to to basically legalize sports betting, but only in uh, the Oneata Tribe Casinos here. So this new gaming compact, it, it goes to the Department of the Interior now, and they have 45 days to uh, either, uh, you know, approve it or disapprove it. But you could find out the deadline is August 16th. So if this thing passes, the Department of the Interior gives it the go ahead. Uh, you could have sports betting in wisconsin uh for week one of the nfl season but here's the key pritch it's not mobile sports betting all across the state it would only be sports betting in this one casino uh close to green bay but um you know hey a little bit is better than nothing here pritch so that is a signal uh that at least and this could get the ball rolling like Maybe this passes, and you you can only place a bet in person when you walk into this Oniata Casino in Green Bay. However, that gets the ball rolling, and then a year from now, a new bill comes up, then they legalize statewide. But a good signal that at least there's some movement. If you want to tailgate a Packers game, you may be able to bet legally at the Oniata Casino close to Green Bay uh, for week one this year. How
4: about that? Outstanding information right there, and definitely movement, too, for that situation. Uh, potential movement in, uh, in big state. Uh, texas. jerry jones was recently asked about sports or legalized sports betting uh, in the state of texas and he had a great quote uh handwriting is on the wall uh for legalized uh texas sports betting so what do you think about that
3: oh this is a huge one here pritch i mean there are a couple states that aren't legal yet that when they go legal i mean open the floodgates just massive massive opportunity here so uh jerry jones a guy who um you know kind of like robert Kraft of the patriots Kind of uh, was a little more into sports betting before, you know, when it was still taboo. There was kind of like daily fantasy, different situations like that where they had like uh, hangouts for DFS. So we, we've seen some of these owners kind of realize like, hey, if, if people have action on a game, game's 35, nothing in the fourth quarter, they're going to stay tuning in because they got the, uh, you know, the over 42, like, Mm -hmm. or they have a different spread play here. So this is huge. If Jerry Jones has a lot of influence, we all know that uh, in Texas, he said, you know, gaming has been here and uh, we just want to do it the right way. There are some lawmakers who I think have introduced the bill in Texas, but the reason why this would be so, so huge, bridge, not just the people in Texas love sports, love sports betting, but the population in Texas, 29 million people. That's the second biggest state in the country. Only California, 39 million, is is, is bigger here. So uh, I think the NFL, the owners, the floodgates are opening. And once there are a couple states: Florida, Texas, California. Those are the three big crown jewels that we're still waiting on to legalize. Uh, and someone should put the odds. Who will who will legalize first between those three, Pritch? But everything is moving in a great direction. If you're listening to this show, uh, if you're in Texas, this is good movement here. We're getting closer.
4: Yeah, it's great movement. You, you know, I, I think the NFL owners have recognized uh, sports betting has uh, taken place, uh, certainly with their sport. They just have lined, aligned themselves with it now. They've partnered up with uh, the industry. A big reason why there's a stadium here in Las Vegas is because of Jerry Jones right now.
3: Exactly, Pritch. And again, it, for a long time, it was, you know, the stigma against betting. It, it's shady. It's, you know, uh, has ties to organized crime and you don't want to have anything to do with integrity of the game. You remember the, uh, the Black Sox uh, 1919 scandal, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Pete Rose betting on sports. But that's all gone. I think people finally in today's day and age say people are going to do it if they want to do it. You might as well bring it out in the open, uh, put some protections in place and use the tax money hopefully to benefit everybody in the society. So uh, it's it's just a great, thank God we're, we're working for VEASAN in 2021, Pritch. That's all, that's all I got to say. I thank
4: God every day about that. I mean, it's a great situation, certainly. <laughs> I mean, it's the growth. Uh, 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 sports betting is a growth uh, industry right now. And, and the fact that the NFL has partnered up and aligned themselves with it, it allows them to take their game globally too, because that's going to increase more interest uh, for the game of football. And Jerry Jones knows that. I think that's why he's coming forward with these type of comments out there on those radio shows in Texas. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM, Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. So deep dive time uh, in the National Football League, Tampa Bay Buccaneers time for them, Josh Applebaum. I'm going to give you the floor, uh, of course, because it's all about Tom Brady, I'm sure. Uh, but let's remind everybody over under 12 uh, for Tom Brady and the bunch in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year.
3: Yeah, so first off, in terms of that win total, uh, it did move to twelve. It was eleven and a half, it's up to twelve. This is kind of like the NBA draft where uh you really want to jump on these numbers sooner rather than later. That's a good sign. Like I jumped on the over eleven and a half. I'll give you all the reasons why, Pritch. You've talked about this a multitude of times, but Tom Brady in year two, more acclimated to Tampa Bay, to his coaches, to his receivers, uh, to his offensive line. Remember, he went there during the pandemic and really, you know, uh maybe maybe quasi breaking rules, you know, putting pads on and working out at a local uh, local high school gym or outdoors on a football field. But I think you expect him to be even better this year. Of course, Father Time, uh, again, uh, at some point, Father Time will win over Tom Brady. But uh, until it happens, I- I'm not going to believe it. So uh, year two for Brady. Also continuity, stability. We talk about this quite a bit, Pritch. They're bringing back every single starter from their Super Bowl game, all 22. So you're bringing back everyone. Uh, You have another year working together. You have the fourth easiest schedule based on the opponent's one Mm -hmm. loss record from last year. You have no more Drew Brees to worry about. Um, You know, Obviously Carolina, they're building a little bit here, but uh, you could probably feast on Carolina. You can feast on the Atlanta Falcons here. I think the floodgates are really opening here for Brady um and I love that over 11 and a half it's now 12. I would shop around because I think there's still a couple 11 and a halfs out there Pritch it might, it might be 11 and a half over like minus 150 like a really high number um 12 it's a different type of scenario you really wanted the 11 and a half uh but I'm high on the on the on the uh, I was almost calling the Patriots bridge uh, I'm on the <laughs> Buccaneers here uh to make the playoffs minus 650 that's too high I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't risk that number um but to uh to Let's see what other options we got. To win the NFC, plus 310. To win the Super Bowl, plus 700. I dabble on the Super Bowl, plus 700 here, Pritch. There's such an opening in their division, and Brady only getting better year two. And also, what's his competition? I mean, the Rams, the 49ers, maybe. Uh, obviously, the Packers with Rodgers, you got to respect. You know, the NFC East, I don't know if any of them can, can really battle with Brady. Uh, I just think the opening is here. You can even create a hedging opportunity if they make it. Uh, to the Super Bowl. But uh, give me all the Brady, all the all the Bucks features here, Pritch. Uh, I'm high on, on the Bucks this year. Well,
4: it's really an extraordinary situation. They're minus 200 to win uh, the division. I mean, that's decent right there. And, and and no competition, really no true competition with the Saints, uh, Matty Ice and the, and the Falcons, and then certainly Carolina. But uh, to have everybody come back to you with a quarterback that is legendary, has, he's a walking culture. They haven't lost since December 13th of last year. Uh, to put it in perspective, right? Uh, and so, when if you think some people are going to fall off or or get off on a different page, you got Tom Brady to bring him back. Because uh, this is what our focus is. And uh, he's the ultimate competitor that way. So, uh, it sets up for the Buccaneers that way. And, like what you mentioned with their schedule, strength of schedule, uh, it, it's a unique situation right there. I, I just, there's nothing that this guy hasn't done. And, and there's nothing that I wouldn't bet against him on at this point. So just figuring out the prices, I think that's all we need to do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year.
3: I'm right there with you, Pritch. And I think you, you know you said something uh, really important about Brady, kind of keeping that locker room together and galvanized. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they had a, I mean, there was a lot of holdover. Like you know, you pretty much kept a lot of your offensive weapons from Jameis Winston to Brady. But what was the difference? The difference was Brady. He's a guy that commands respect, that uh, provides a lot of uh, a lot of confidence to other players. And if you think you know, you win the Super Bowl, maybe you're a young team, maybe you have an upset victory, maybe you get a little cocky, a little arrogant. You're really feeling yourself. I don't think Brady's going to allow any of that. This is a guy laser focused and he always says, what's his favorite ring, his next ring. So Mm -hmm. uh, to me, that's one of the best Brady quotes you're going to find. So uh, I think, I don't think anyone's going to get too big of a head there. I think Brady's going to keep them dialed in and I'll throw this at you, Pritch. Mm -hmm. Undefeated season. I know this is like sacrilege. You shouldn't say this. Uh, And I I feel like every year there's a lot of money that comes in on a team to go winless and a team to go undefeated. It almost never happens. Uh, However, Undefeated season, I haven't seen a prop bet out there, Pritch. If you're getting plus 1,000, I don't know. I, the schedule isn't that hard. Uh, and Brady, what's the one thing? He's done everything. What's the one thing he hasn't done, Pritch? Undefeated season. And what would be the best way to stick it to Bill Belichick? To go <laughs> undefeated with the Bucks? Uh I'm looking for that prop. I haven't seen it yet. But once I do, uh, I'll let you know, Pritch.
4: Yeah, in all places in the in, in the state of Florida, too. Uh, because you had the Miami Dolphins. They celebrate every year, uh, right? Uh, So just more motivation for Tom Brady. So let's examine Tom Brady, the effect, uh, whether or not that walking culture. So if you're worried about him being injured, he was injured last year. He had a torn MCL and still won a Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, exactly. So again, you don't want any injury. But the fact that he played through that, you know, the the torn MCL and uh, we all know, you know, he, he his ACL in that, uh, that chiefs game What was mm-hmm. it, 2005, 2006, whenever that was. And then he missed the next or 2005. I forget what it was. I, I vividly remember Pritch. I used to work as a caterer at the Lennox club uh, when I grew, when I was working uh, during college and we had a break. And during the intermission uh, of this, this event, we were catering, we go into the back room to see the game and Brady tears his ACL. I'll never forget that. It was like one of the most, uh, most vivid memories I'll ever remember. Um, but I, I just think, Brady again, he's battled through injuries. What hasn't he done? I think he's having fun. Uh, he wanted to play to 45. Does he increase that number? Uh, it's just like at some point you got to just say, Hey, I'm not going to bet against this guy until he proves me wrong, which was made it even more rewarding that during the playoffs, I rode Brady all those plus money time or all those plus uh, points times, bridge mm-hmm. plus three against the Packers plus three against the Saints plus three uh, against uh, against the chiefs here. I wonder this year if all those pluses are now minuses Maybe that'll change something. Uh, but I just think the GOAT down there in, in Tampa Bay, uh, I, I'm going to give him all the credit he deserves. I'm not going to bet against him.
4: Our producer, JJ, just informed me that it's 66 to 1 for any team uh, to go undefeated this year 66 to 1. Ooh. Fed MGM. Right there. A much better payout than I thought. Yeah, absolutely. Sixty-six Incredible. I know. You might have convinced (laughs) me. Uh, Week one situation, uh, the the Hall of Fame game we got that, Dak Prescott's probably not going to play. The shoulder situation, week one against the Cowboys, minus six and a half right now. Uh, If this situation uh, gets more dire for the Cowboys, I could say that, or if Dak Prescott's going to miss significant time in the preseason, uh, does this number change in your opinion?
3: I think it'll definitely change if this Prescott issue becomes something bigger, if he misses time, if there's a uh, an MRI that shows a tear or a rotator cuff issue or something like that. You know, I would say, you know, really what's tr- done pretty well historically, and I always lean on week one and really the first month of the season is dogs, Pritch, uh, because underdogs, if you look at their ATS cover rate, I think it's like 57% week one. Uh, all, all other times, I think it's like 52%, something around there. So we do see this trend toward dogs. I bet a lot of dogs week 1, especially um buy low high situation buy low sell high situations where recency bias where you know, hey, a team made the playoffs last year, public loves them, team missed it, uh they're going to bet against them. If you can kind of go the other way, that's a good situation especially off that recency bias for week 1. So uh, that's a long-winded answer of saying I kind of was leaning Cowboys there in the point. Right. I think that I think it waited out and I, I I think the next move is critical Pritch, because we're not on the seven. We're not on the six. We're at six and a half. We're right yeah. in the middle there. And what is the next move? Is there an issue with uh, with with Prescott where we see the six and a half get juiced up minus 115 like it's going to seven? If so, maybe you lean more to the Buccaneers. Also, is he totally fine? Do we see this thing start to creep down to six? That's what I'm waiting for. So it's kind of tough for me. I don't like this news here with Prescott. Mm-hmm. I, was, I thought that line maybe was a little high. Maybe it should be six. Uh, but if there's an issue there and the and the Bucks just got to win by seven at home, maybe that six and a half grabbing it sooner rather than later could be worthwhile.
4: Yeah, something to keep an eye on there for that week one matchup right there for Cowboys and the Buccaneers. Buccaneers week four matchup. After their Week Three matchup on the road against the Rams, uh, where they uh, the Rams are minus one, they're the favorite uh, against the Bucks uh, right there. But then back-to-back games where the Bucks are on the road and they're the favorite against the Patriots. Uh, big game uh, in Week Four, a chance for Brady to become the all-time passing leader too uh, against his old team, Bill Belichick uh, and the Patriots. How big is that game becoming up there in Boston area, Josh? And on uh, the Bucks, the back-to-back situation on the road with the Rams and then the Patriots.
3: Yeah, it's massive. I think the secondary market for a lot of these tickets, it, this is like, you know, Red Sox Yankees Game 7, you know, 2004 the type type numbers here for these tickets. So, uh Pritch, if you don't notice but in and in, in my uh in my office, home office here, mm-hmm. I got a big countdown. I'm I'm checking an X off every day until we get to this week for a game. <laughs> uh I cannot wait. This is like uh, like I don't have kids. This is like your two kids battling. Like you're my favorite team, my favorite player. It's going to be uh the ultimate uh I don't know, allegiances split here, but um I like this prop here. Uh, plus 150, yes, that he'll break that record. You know, he's only 1154 uh, down from Drew Brees. Right. And if he gets you, you know, 300 yards a game, that's 900 through the first three. Then he only needs, what, uh, 255 to break it after that. I think it's very doable. I actually think that plus 150 has quite a bit of value there. Uh, and again, you know, I don't, when Brady's old and gray, maybe he's still playing quarterback, but when he's, when he's 65, I think he's going to look back and maybe, say, man, the animosity with Belichick wasn't that bad. They'll make amends at some point, but that's not where it looks now. I mean, he still digs at Belichick at every chance he gets in a lot of these interviews. He, he does it slightly. He's not going to come out and say it, but if you read between the lines, he's pissed that the Patriots let him go and didn't offer him a contract there. And again, we talk about undefeated season. We talk about breaking this record. Imagine Bill Belichick's face. If Brady, if they stopped the game <laughs> and on the jumbotron, they congratulate the goat Tom Brady being the all-time passer. I mean, uh, I think the the world would stop. Boston would, uh, would stand still when that happens. Well, Josh,
4: they're going to get to him before the game, right? I mean, they're going to have some type of ceremony before the game to honor Tom Brady uh, to get his emotions flowing, maybe distract him a bit.
3: So, Ooh, I like that, Pritch. I like that. So, no, Belichick's playing some games here. And, uh, yeah, hey, that there could be an issue there. I know Brady's going to have a lot of ticket requests. He's going to bring the whole family there. Uh, Giselle will be up in the box again. So, maybe Belichick has some mind games he'll play here. But, you know, what's funny is this is like build is like the biggest game ever in New England, uh, even though it's a week four game. Uh, but Belichick, he's probably just going to, it's any other game, Pritch. Like, he's not going to overblow it. He's just going to act like it's, it's a regular spot. But I would say one thing that we've noticed a little bit, and i got to get the updated number with the prop bet, who will start week one, Cam Newton or Mac Jones? I'm reading a lot now and watching a lot of the the, the breakdowns uh, at Patriots training camp. It's only day two today, mm-hmm. but a lot of stuff coming out is Mac Jones is accurate. He's getting the ball out there. He's anticipating, uh, and Cam Newton is continuing to struggle. So uh, you saw a leak the other day about how, um, what was it, a couple of teammates or close to teammates said Cam Newton, isn't the guy that he used to be. There's some movement here, maybe toward Mac Jones week one. I mean, I don't think Belichick wants to start a rookie, but if it keeps going to a point where Mac Jones is making all the throws and Cam Newton is throwing it into the dirt again, I think that that prop bet on week one is probably going to move a little more toward, uh, toward Mac Jones.
4: Yeah. JJ has informed us a uh, week one bet MGM uh, starter for Patriots minus 200 for cam uh, plus 170 for Mac Jones uh, right now, uh, depending on that inf- information. Because you only have about, I would say, 20 practices total uh, because of the new CBA, about 20 practices for these guys uh, in training camp, Josh.
3: Yeah, exactly, Pritch, and, and things are different now, and you can't put on the pads as much mm-hmm. or as early. Uh, and no, and definitely Mac Jones, you know, I, I would say what we heard about him was the most pro ready uh quarterback. And remember there was all the rumors and line movement of Jones going three and right. then the day of the draft, it goes completely different. It's Trey Lance. I think the play with Trey Lance is the upside long term. The play with Mac Jones is he just played at Alabama. He played under Sabin. He played in the most high powered uh, you know, college offense and college system, pro type system. Uh so maybe that gives him a leg up, but still, Pritch, you know, it is it is kind of, you know, Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill there to be a a rookie quarterback and start week one, I think it's, it's kind of hard. So I understand Cam's still the favorite. I think Belichick wants to start with cam. Uh, but what if it's just, it's so glaringly, Mm. you know, different between these players in training camp. I don't know. Maybe Jones has an opening there.
4: Okay. Back to the Buccaneers because of these uh, awards, player awards. I mean, we've done the props. I mean, go over everything with Tom Brady, 47, 25 and a half passing yards. Uh, right there, Godwin, 1,100 and a half receiving yards inclined to go over on that, too. Mike Evans, uh, 1,025 and a half uh, receiving yards inclined to go over on that, too. But how about Tom Brady for MVP this year? If, if he's talking about an undefeated season going back-to-back, back, uh, probably a shoe-in for the MVP, 16-1 right there for that price right now, Josh.
3: Yeah, that's appealing to me, Pritch. Now, we do know that, you know, typically this is like kind of the shiny new toy award, you know, mm-hmm. a guy who we don't expect before. Brady's had multiple MVPs. He's accomplished everything. But I think you're getting to a point where if he has that, you know, 17 in, or 16 in one year, undefeated year, 15 and two, or whatever it may be, he puts up crazy numbers. I think you're just going to get hammered with the fact that He's 44 years old. He, I think he's 44, I think, not 45 yet. But all these records, you're going to notice every week, oldest quarterback to throw for 300, oldest quarterback to throw you know, four touchdown passes. I think that's going to build and build and build. in uh, a passing leader in New England. I, <laughs> exactly, right. exactly. So that's all going to build. And I think the story with Brady is, even though he's done it, he's doing something no one's ever done at his age. And then, Pritch, the other one I would throw at you, Bruce Arians, uh, 20 to one, coach, coach of the, the year. year. Um, he didn't win it last year. Maybe he could have. Uh, Stefanski won it and he was de- deservingly so. But Bruce Arians in year two. This is a guy who you didn't really, you know, he was kind of like, you know, he wore that funky hat. He likes his, his uh, you know, his, his highball there, his whiskey after a game. <laughs> but, and no one, I don't know if anyone, you know, took him that seriously. I think you do now. Like, Maybe it's just Brady, but I think Arians is going to be a beneficiary uh, of this Bucks team this year. Twenty to one, they have a great year. He may have to get
4: that award, Defensive Player of the Year, Devin White. You attracted to that thirty-five to one right there for that guy. I mean, he's just coming into his zone uh, as as far as learning the linebacking position position there, Josh. Uh, in college, he converted from running back to linebacker, uh, kind of a fish out of water at times. Now in the National Football League, Devin White is full on linebacker mode. He had nine sacks, uh, 140 tackles, 15 tackle for losses, forced fumbles all over the place as well.
3: Yeah. I like the number 35 to one Pritch. I, I it just might be tough for him to win that, you know, okay. a, a linebacker type spot. I would, I mean, he's got to beat Aaron Donald. What if Aaron Donald has another monster year and he's, you know, 10, 12 sacks, you know, Jalen Ramsey. I know I'm missing a bunch of guys there in the NFC, but uh, I don't know. That could be tough, but the number is definitely intriguing.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brady's going to be 44 uh, coming up uh, this year. So still some time for him before he turns 45. Uh, Josh Applebaum. A couple more years with Tom Brady. That's not bad for the National Football League uh, at all. There's your deep dive uh, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Again, a lot of games in Major League Baseball today. Uh, We're going to preview some of the games coming up later on this evening. Some big games. The Red Sox with a big game uh, on the schedule. That's coming up next. Good afternoon and welcome back to Betting Across America. Betting Across America is presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Richards, your host from Las Vegas. Your other host, Josh Applebaum, is out there in Boston. Breaking news time, Josh. Uh, Let's crank up the music for Armageddon. Ken Rosenthal tweets that the Padres are close to acquiring Max Scherzer
3: unbelievable pitch. Didn't we just say 20 yes. minutes ago that we love the Padres. They just need one more pitcher. Mm-hmm. It's funny how you and I work together. And I feel like all, <laughs> we get we have the best spot at visa in the three to five hour Eastern time this is when all the stuff comes down. It's the best, but uh, obviously bold move here. You know, I give credit to Aaron Oster uh, producer at visa. And he just tweeted out circa just moved their numbers on Padres to win the world series plus 975 down to plus 600 wow. based on this Max Scherzer news. So uh, this is a big move. I mean, that arms race, I think a lot of us were like, you know, Giants, Dodgers, Giants, Dodgers. Um, I, I'm still high on the Dodgers to win that division. I think they're minus 200, even though the the Giants are, you know, still putting up a fight here. Mm-hmm. No, the Padres were under the radar, Pritch, believe it or not. Like, uh, it was Giants, Dodgers. Don't forget about the Padres here. I love this move for the Padres. Um, you know, you you heard that. Um, and again, Scherzer, I think, has a full no-trade clause. He's got that those 10-5 rights. 10 years in the bigs five, five with the same team. Right. So he can veto any trade he wants. Uh, But it sounds like if this is going to leak from Rosenthal that that's already been ironed out. I mean, he would he, most likely, you're not going to tweet something like this out and then have him veto the trade. I think behind the scenes, this means that he's already agreed to the trade. So uh going to San Diego, now you have a, now you can go into a playoff series, Pritch. Mm-hmm. You got Tatis, you got Machado, you got all these great hitters. Now you can roll out Scherzer game one, Darvish game two, uh, I don't know if Blake Snell is still there, you know, he's really struggled this year, Right. but a guy like Musgrove, something like that. I mean, Now you're really working with something here, San Diego. They needed one more pitcher, and it looks like they just got the best one on the market.
4: Yeah, it's incredible to think about that matchup uh, there between the San Diego Padres uh, and Max Scherzer. So Ken Rosenthal tweets that the Padres are close uh, to acquiring Max Scherzer. Uh, Right now, San Diego, uh, the Padres are about five and a half games back of the Giants. Uh, We'll see what the Giants do. Uh, with the trade deadline rapidly approaching to The Dodgers, uh, we'll see what happens with them as well. Uh, but then the Padres are right in it, right there from a wild card standpoint too, though, Josh.
3: They are. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at tonight's game here, Mm -hmm. Pritch. You know, we got Colorado, San Diego. This year, late game. Uh, A lot of great day sweats today. You were a smaller selection here at night. Right. But your last game of the night, Colorado, San Diego, Freeland against uh, Joe Musgrove. Uh, Big move here and a big line to San Diego. So they open around minus 240 at home. They're up to like minus 260, minus 270. Uh, That's a tough number for me to lay. Just in in principle, you know, baseball is is such a volatile sport. It's the Mm -hmm. most volatile sport. I would consider among all the major sports just because it's such a long season and you can have uh, ups and downs throughout the way. Laying a minus 270, that's kind of hard. I'd be more intrigued maybe by the run line, minus one and a half, minus 145. But I would look a little bit to the over here, Pritch. Um, you know, Freeland is a guy who had a really good start his last time out. Uh, I think it was a one nothing game against the Dodgers. Um, but on the year, ERA around five. You know, Musgrove's been pretty good overall. We do have San Diego as a pretty good over team, 54 and 49. And one thing I noticed is that this eight—I think it did open eight and a half. It's down to eight, but it's juice backed up uh, eight over minus one fifteen. It's a pretty nice night in San Diego. It always is, Pritch. About seventy degrees. You can set your clock to that. Uh, But wind is 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 a little bit out, and we do have some over liability. So if you're looking for sweat there, I may lean over eight in that one.
4: Okay. Any thoughts on this matchup with Toronto and Boston? Boston again at home, minus one seventeen here in Vegas, Josh. Uh, Ten and a uh, half—the elevated total in the game.
3: Yeah, I'm on the Red Sox in this one, okay. Pritch. And not just because I'm a fan, not because I'm a New Englander here, Pritch. Not I don't have my, I got my Dunkin' Donuts coffee ready to sweat the socks. <laughs> but uh I, I like the Red Sox here. Um a couple reasons. Number one, uh line move in their favor. This is a split ticket count. So anytime I see even betting, yet there's a line move, I like that line move because theoretically, if the tickets are even, if if I if there are 10 bets on a game, Pritch, five on one side, five on the other. Theoretically, the line shouldn't move at all. But remember, those tickets are are different, are weighted differently. Some are bigger wagers from respected guys, some are average Joe bets. It looks like the bigger wagers are on the Red Sox. They open around minus 108. They've been steamed up to around minus 117. You do have the Red Sox here matching a couple systems home favorite off a win, 61% this year. Uh, You also have uh, short home favorites, minus 140 or less, 59%. And the other thing is two lefties on the mound, uh, Ryu and Erod, mm-hmm. And uh, the Red Sox are 22 and 15 against lefties. Toronto's only 11 and 16 against lefties. So the Red Sox have been better against Southpaws. I'm going to lay that number with the Sox tonight, minus 117.
4: All right. It's a good bet right there. I, I like it. I mean, I've liked uh, the Red Sox for, uh, I guess, a month now. Uh, Because it's like the moxie of that baseball team, uh, the way that they play the game. It's incredible to bounce back the way that they have or or to exceed expectations so far uh, this season, Uh, Josh Applebaum. Major League Baseball, always a joy to talk about. Uh, Coming up next, though, we're going to get to the AFC West receiving uh, totals. A lot of Pro Bowlers, all pros to choose from. We'll get to those next. The Vsin college football betting guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all access Vsin subscription including our college and pro football betting guides along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college betting guide For only $19.99, or start your free all-access trial today at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the program, Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. So in the AFC West, the receiving totals, Josh, I mean, my goodness. All pros and pro bowlers up and down this list here. uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, uh, Keenan Allen, Darren Waller. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. I mean, Henry Ruggs. it goes on and on and on here. Let's start with Tyreek Hill, 13 and a hundred and a half receiving yards, 10 and a half receiving touchdowns.
3: Yeah. Tyreek Hill's the guy I would look at. I mean, you know, obviously uh, the cheetah, the incredible speed, the breakaway speed, uh, one of the favorite targets of, uh, of Patrick Mahomes here, you know, 1300 and a half. Uh, it's kind of a, a number that seems maybe right where it should be. Pritch, you know, the one that I was really looking at was Travis Kelsey 1,300 uh, touchdown. 1,300 and a half in mm-hmm. his touchdowns, 10. This is a guy that I think is becoming a, a great, you know, or has been for many years now. If you look at his stats, Travis Kelsey, he had let's see, one, two, three, four, five straight 1,000-yard uh, seasons and had his best year receiving yards-wise, uh, 14, 16 last year. Um, so I would lean uh, maybe more Kelsey than, than Tyree Kill. Uh, but I'll ask you, Pritch, you know, the one thing about Kelsey, he's 31 years old. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, in the NFL, we always talk about, you know, 30 years old even when you're a position player, you kind of fall off a cliff. Is that true? Did you notice that when you were in the NFL? you turn 30 and there is, is that a real thing that people talk about? And would you be concerned? You feel like Kelsey's never going to end. And he's just going to keep putting up these numbers, but should we be wary of him getting a little bit older?
4: I don't think so. I got at age 30. I got into the best shape of my career. Actually, Josh, it was just the know-how and understanding your body, what it would take to maximize your opportunity to get in the best shape possible. So I think Travis Kelsey can do that. He plays a, a rugged position though at tight end, but yet, Kansas City, really, they don't use him that way. They don't use him in a rugged way. So I think he'll be healthy. I think he'll maintain his health, and uh, he knows how to get open in zones. And and certainly against man coverage, you can't cover the guy. So uh, looking at 1,300 and a half receiving yards or 10 receiving touchdowns gets attractive. But there's a guy on this list I want to highlight, though, or feature, and that's Darren Waller. He's 6'6 and runs a 4'4. And we have not seen that in the National Football League at that position. Uh, so he's an eligible and this offense uh, with Derek Carr. Uh, and I think Darren Waller uh, has that piece about him too, Josh. I, I think he's one of the premium players in the national football league this year.
3: Pritch, I'm right there with you. You read my mind. Uh, Waller is a guy, if you're giving me all these options and. You know, there's some, you know, some divisions like running back in the, you know, the NFC West, you know, you look at the board and like, Ooh, the slim pickings here. This one is loaded with options. This Mm -hmm. might be the best position group for any division, Uh, but I'm with you. Waller is the guy. If you make me pick one guy on the board to go over, I'm going Waller over uh, touchdowns and over receiving yards. You look last year, the guy broke through. He had 107 catches, 1196 yards and nine touchdowns. Uh, And just anecdotally, you know, uh, it's funny when you're betting on games, you're obviously, you know, you're sweating your point spread, you're sweating. In your total but you pick up on guys that maybe you know you wouldn't have otherwise really really gravitated to maybe you see him in the box score but you don't watch him play waller is a guy that i forget which game it was pritch maybe it was one of the games against kansas city um but i remember i was in a daily fantasy or i was in a fantasy league season long with all my buddies from high school and i think i went into it was a monday night game i was up by like 40 points and i'm mm-hmm. like he's only got waller left nice i got a win here Waller had like 65 points. This guy catch after catch after catch. No one could stop him. And I'm like, I'm like, geez, man, this guy Waller is legit. So I'm with you. He's a matchup nightmare. The size, the speed, Um, you know, you think of like Gronk early on when he took the league by storm, Uh, Waller could be doing a similar thing here this season. So I'm with you. Give me the over on catches over on touchdowns. I think Waller, especially in fantasy sports, he's going to be a high draft pick. Probably the first tight end off the board.
4: Yeah, and Coach Gruden uses him as a wide receiver many times, whether it's single side or whether he's a flanker, a strong side, not just a tight end. And, you know, you throw in Kenyon Drake, they can get creative with some formations and really stress out a defense uh, with matchups and create matchups for Waller. So I'm looking forward to that uh, for the Raiders' standpoint, looking to go over Darren Waller, everything there, yards and touchdowns. Uh, There's another guy on this list too, Jerry Judy, having a tremendous offseason He's sitting at 9.25 and a half uh, receiving yards. Cortland Sutton, his teammate, became a Pro Bowler his second year uh, with the Denver Broncos. So, depending on the quarterback situation, Jerry Judy can set up to have a big year as well.
3: I'm with you there, Christian. I think if you're betting these overs for these receivers in Denver, you probably want drew lock over Teddy two gloves. Mm -hmm. You know, Teddy two gloves guy covers a lot of spreads. We always joke about, but doesn't push the ball as much downfield. I think Mm -hmm. lock maybe gives you more numbers. So if you're going to bet these guys over, you probably want to lean lock. Um, but I'm with you, Pritch. You know, Judy's a guy. Uh, I saw one of his uh, videos on Twitter where like uh, he's doing the, like the quick feet when you're going to going jumping real quick and right. like the little boxes on the ground. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy, you know, uh, it, just the quickness, the speed, uh, a guy that I think could have a really good breakout year over under nine and a half. I'd look at that. I'll throw it to you, Pritch Corlin Sutton. I know mm-hmm. it's a guy that you're really high on, but coming off a big injury, what do you expect from Sutton this year?
4: You know, he's a, he's a specimen. You know, it was a guy who I saw at a private workout kind of scenario or situation uh, after his rookie year. Because rookie, his rookie year, he struggled. Fighting a football a lot of times, couldn't pick it up from the line of scrimmage. Uh, but the assertiveness that he had in the offseason in his workout, it just spoke volumes to me. Uh, and then he went on that year to have a Pro Bowl type of season. So he had the injury, though, has to rebound from that. But from a physical standpoint, he's a specimen. And I look for him to bounce back this year. I don't know about yeah, 975, though. 975 and a half to go over that. I, uh, I'm still undecided on that one.
3: Yeah, and these numbers, and watch, we'll see a lot of these guys that'll come right up, or, you know, they'll end the year like five more or five less. It's insane how good the odds makers yeah. are. But, um, Pritch, I know we're up against it. Let me throw Jared Cook at you. Okay. Uh, Jared Cook, guy that went to, uh, obviously the, uh, the Chargers here, a new weapon for, um uh, for herbert didn't have much tight end production last year now you're in you know no more uh uh who was it, antonio gates every year we could uh just wait for him to put up great numbers he's gone been there for been gone for a while could jared cook have a big year he had 504 receiving yards last year with new orleans but he's gone over this number quite a few times in his career he's getting up there he's 34 years old uh but still 65 250 uh now gonna be with a young quarterback who can get him the ball herbert What do you think? Can we get 526 from Jared Cook? Can we go over that one?
4: We could go over that one. Uh, I like what you said earlier about Austin Eckler being added to the mix in terms of uh, trying to be ineligible, uh, not just running the football, but receiving the football out the backfield too. So that just opens up the middle of the field, and that's where the offenses are going uh, in the National Football League with all these college concepts, uh, Josh. So uh, these tight end situations or middle of the field situations, I would look to go over as long as those guys uh, can stay healthy for sure. Coming up next on the program, uh, we do have the NBA draft in a matter of hours. We have Woach bombs all over the place. But we're gonna have our VCEN senior NBA expert, Jonathan Von Tobel, help us out with all the info that's coming up next.
2: If you dare.
4: Bet without fear on your favorite sports with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up using a bonus code VSEN600 and get in the game with the King Sportsbooks. Once again, it's promo code VSEN600 to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. It's a new customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Located in Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Washington, DC, Virginia, or West Virginia. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons, please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, 800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington DC, 800-270-7117 for help in Michigan, 800-GAMBLER. In New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, 800 in Iowa. In Tennessee, it's 800-889-9789. In Indiana, it's 1-800-9WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum, your host today. And happy to bring on to the program right now, Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA expert. JVT, how are you?
5: Good, man. we got a good event uh, later tonight. Uh, obviously, the trade deadline well underway, so that's a lot of fun to track, but the NBA draft tonight is going to be a bunch of fun, and drafts are good for betters, Pritch, because drafts are informational-based, and you can get some good edges in, in drafts, both NBA and Major League Baseball or so not Major League Baseball, and uh, NFL. So yeah,
4: well, speaking about that, I mean, Woj bombs all over the place, compelled Betham to take one through five off the board. Uh, so, I don't know if you got down on one through five at all prior, uh, but <laughs> what, are, what are we looking at here? What are you looking at in terms of of the upcoming NBA draft later on.
5: Yeah, so I'll say a couple of things. First off, you know, I didn't get to get in on one through five, and this is one of the things that I've kind of discussed here, and uh, it's, you know, Josh at a different dur- jurisdiction can give another side of this. But out here in Nevada, Pritch, you know, there's been a very tentative nature to put up NBA draft props around town, and it's been somewhat disappointing, to be quite frank. Uh, you know, you saw DraftKings. I was talking with Johnny Velo on Follow the Money early this morning. Uh, they put up draft props at the beginning of July. You could have gotten Jalen Green at a plus price to go number two. You could have gotten Evan Mobley at a plus price to go number three. And right before they get taken off the board, upwards of six, Dollars upwards of $5. It was something I brought up to Mitch when I was on follow the money about three weeks ago. So really disappointing that it didn't really get to get my hands on those markets until it was a little too late and those prices uh, were a little out. But as far as what I'm looking at, you know, I've got some draft position stuff. The Davion Mitchell, over 10.5 at about minus 125. That was opened up at William Hill when it finally got posted here in Nevada. Uh, Uzman Garuba, a kid out of Spain who you're going to be watching with the Spanish over in the Olympics, 19-year-old forward, very good. Uh, but looks like he's going to be in the early 20s, got him over 15 and a half it looks like that's going to close in the range of seventeen and a half. Jalen Johnson, the kid out of Duke, who's got some, uh, say, some question marks around uh, who he is in terms of his off-court stuff and where he's at from a mental aspect. Uh, 14.5, shaded to the over at about a dollar thirty. Got in on that over at William Hill as well. Uh, so there's a couple of draft position props so we could talk about some of the movers too. But I think for me, it, it has been disappointing because you know Josh being in the jurisdiction where this stuff has been available, or it's close to him, and which it has been available, there's not been many offerings out here in Nevada.
3: Yeah, JBT, you, you raise a great point, my friend, because you know where depending on where you're at, the availability of these props and and where you can get down, it really can fluctuate a ton. So uh, I think I'm I'm a little bit luckier than you, JBT, being on being on the East Coast, um, but that's okay. We'll find ways to to cash some bets anyway. Uh, I want to throw a couple names at you that I'm just noticing, juiced up or numbers that are moving. Get your take. Uh, Josh Giddy, tell me about Josh Giddy. He was an Australian player. I, he's really risen up a lot of these boards. I want to say the other day his over/under was like 14. Now it's down to 10 and a half, and the under is minus 250. So what do you know about Josh Giddy? And do you think he can be a top 10 pick? A lot of the markets, all these props are are, are gone. All, the only ones you have left are the over/unders, the top tens. What's your take on Giddy? Will he be a top 10 pick tonight?
5: So up to this point, Josh, it looks like his range is seven to ten. You know, it looks like the Golden State Warriors. It just came out the other day. Kevin O'Connor works for the Ringer. uh, Had his report. It looks like uh, on his mock draft that Giddy is actually maybe potentially a target of the Golden State Warriors. We know that the Memphis Grizzlies uh, allegedly moved up to number ten to target one of two guys. Right, it's either going to be Giddy or it's going to be Franz Wagner if he's available in that spot. Wagner has also been tied to the Golden State Warriors via Jonathan Gavoni. So if that's going to be the case, maybe Giddy goes to the Memphis Grizzlies at ten. But regardless, Josh. Uh, reading all the tea leaves and the information out there it does seem like Giddy's range to get off of the board here is from seven to ten and you know a guy with that kind of a length the ability to handle the shooting he's going to be very valuable in today's nba and some consider him potentially a plug-and-play type guy right so it would make sense a team like the golden state warriors who get clay thompson back who want to get a guy who can just uh, contribute right away with that pick same with the 14th overall selection which they also have same with the memphis grizzlies who fancy themselves right they were in the play in game fancy themselves they were a playoff team i put it that way, uh, and think that they're going to compete in Western Conference. He makes sense for both of those teams, and both of them have been tied to him, so I don't think he makes it out of the top ten, and you're seeing draft top positions, like you mentioned it, ten and a half, down to nine and a half. I think the move is aft. Given all the information, looks like he's going to be gone by number
4: ten. You mentioned Mitchell out of the top ten. Uh, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. You know, he, the information you see or read, JBT, uh, he's NBA ready, or he's the most NBA ready. I mean, how do you discern information like that, and then certainly make a wager in terms of that type of player falling out of the top 10.
5: So I like to go off of like information, like actual information, right? So for example, you get players in mock drafts who are slated to go to pick. But when you read the analysis behind the selection, it's, you know, this kid fits this system or this kid's a good player and would be nice with this team. And I don't really jump on information like that, right? Yeah. When it comes to a guy like Davion Mitchell, when you hear information that teams, not even have cooled on him, but realize that within the top 10, that there were better prospects to put a little bit in front of him. Davion Mitchell's a really good player. He's got an elite first step, can attack off of the bounces, we saw multiple times, especially that Arkansas game where how many times do we watch him just clear everybody out and just take a dude off of the bounce one-on-one very solid defender as well but there are guys who are a little bit bigger, a little bit longer with with more s- developmental skill sets that I think other teams want. And I think that's also a part two, right? We talked about Giddy in terms of being a plug-and-play type guy. Mitchell might be that dude, uh, but I think a lot of these teams remember at the top end of this draft where you're talking about the Pistons, you're talking about uh, the Raptors, you're talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Rockets. These are teams that are going to take guys that are developmental because their timetable is not now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why you start to see Mitchell slip. And all the intel is is that teams 13, 14, 15, 15, right? Indiana Pacers. Those are the teams that have been tied to him that have been interested, not opposed to any of the teams within the top 10.
3: JBT, another player I'll throw at you is Chris Duarte. If you had to stay up late on the East yep. Coast, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm luckier with my bets over here, but you're lucky because these late, these late West Coast yeah. games start for you a little bit earlier. But uh, Duarte is a guy, if you stayed up late in the East Coast, you watched with Oregon, uh, had a great year. He's 6'6. He can shoot the ball. He shot 42% from three, he averaged 17 points a game. I'm seeing a lot of movement here on Duarte uh here JBT. I think the other day he was like 17 18, might have been even 19. He's down to 14 and a half his over under right now. This morning it was 15 and a half. So there's a lot of steam here on Duarte uh to maybe go earlier than we thought. Would you still entertain an under 14 and a half right now or do you think it's adjusted so much that hey, maybe you missed that good number?
5: Yeah, I think with him, I think we might have missed the, the position, the right position for that, because it sounds like, right, the Pacers are looking to trade out of that spot at number 13 potentially, with the mind that they have been tied to the New York Knicks, right? And the Knicks want to move up to potentially get a guy like Duarte. Duarte, again, is one of these guys that seems to be pretty close to NBA ready, almost like a Peyton Pritchard type, right? And it makes sense because he's an Oregon Duck as well. But Peyton Pritchard came in, played extremely well right off the bat for the Boston Celtics, was immediately a role player, and is going to be for a very long time. Duarte kind of fits that mold. And so, when when you get teams near the end of the first round that want to get up and get those kind of guys, right? The New York Knicks, who are sitting around 19, I think it is, uh, right? They want to get up and get him, Josh. I think those are the types of players. But the more initial report, like the, the reports right now are uh, tying Pacers and Knicks together with the thought that the Knicks want to get up there and get Duarte in that spot. So I, I think, uh, like, if you're looking at it, you know, technically at 13, right, it's going to go under that 14 and a half prop, but you're not giving your, yourself that much space to work with. So I would tend to kind of hold off, because if that trade doesn't come through and the Pacers don't get what they want, Maybe they pass on him and he ends up going 15 or something like that. And you get beat on a number that's a little watered down.
4: Yeah, JVT, uh, Josh likes to sweat. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, he's looking at those sweating uh, props right there. Uh, how about Ben Simmons? I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh, we can bet on his next team the 76 plus 125 to Raptors uh, plus 300. Huh. Uh, JVT, your thoughts on that?
5: Well, um, I mean, if the reports are true, Pritch, uh, that they're asking for the moon, the stars, the sun, and a little bit of gravity, like that's just not going to happen, right? Like the, the offers that have been out there that the the Simmons or excuse me, the 76ers have been asking for for Simmons are, are out of this world. Then they're not getting that, right? We're talking about I think San Antonio's report was you know three firsts and three pick swaps or four first pick swaps at a player, whatever it was. Uh, O.G. and Adobe, Fred VanVleet, and something else from the uh, Toronto Raptors, just worldly asks for a player who's at a low point right now. So yeah. I would. Say if those are true and that's what they're looking for he's not going anywhere right i I think you can talk yourself into maybe one key player and something else if you're looking elsewhere but at this point right now i've been pretty staunch on this that i just don't know the deals out there for ben simmons and i think more likely than not he's going to be a philadelphia 76 at the start of the season those things change of course i have no insight into what talks are like but i do know that the two reports that have been released thus far Uh are ridiculous asks of the philadelphia 76ers and if that's their buy price then they're not getting that yeah
3: JBT only got a couple more minutes left with you and I uh, love picking your brain here. Let me just throw some names out. You don't have to answer them all. Just if you have any lean on these guys, uh, Trey Mann, point guard of Florida, he seems to be falling a little bit. He's over under his 24 and a half minus 175 to the over. So thinking maybe he goes 25 or later miles McBride. He's a guy who's rising a little bit. West Virginia can shoot the lights out 29 and a half under minus 135. That caught my eye. Uh, Sharif Cooper from Auburn, maybe an over with him as well, 22 and a half over minus 150. And then also another high riser is Dayron Sharp uh, from UNC, a big man, 6'11". Uh, he had, looks like he has some steam under 29 and a half, is now minus 135. So any of those names intrigue you in any direction.
5: I will say that uh, if you look, and I'm going to pull this up so I, I get this properly, um, when it comes to Trey Mann and when it comes to Sharp, both of those guys have been tied, uh, J- Josh, to the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, right? The Clippers do need a depth at both of those positions, and when you look at that, we're talking about, uh, what, the 25th overall pick, so right in that range, but I'll say this when it comes to guys like that very quickly, uh, I get a little less comfortable with draft position props unless I think a guy is going to go undrafted because it gets very random at the back end of the first round, but teams like to scout out. So unless you have some really solid intel with guys, are like 28 29 30 or unless you get some big moves like a joel Ayaye, right who goes from 30 and a half to 40 and a half that's a pretty big move to maybe look at under 40 and a half i tend to stay away from those guys unless i think that you're going to go undrafted or something stream's going to happen but man and uh, sharp have been tied to the clippers for what it's worth at 25.
4: JVT, enjoy the draft tonight that was awesome
5: thanks Absolutely. appreciate it
4: guys thanks follow jbt him. follow him on twitter at me JVT. just outstanding uh loads of information when it comes to the association josh that will do it for the program uh good luck uh with every Thing tonight,
3: appreciate it, Pritch. A lot of sweats. You check in on me, make sure I'm okay. I we will. Got a lot I'll, going
4: on tonight. I'll definitely <laughs> check in on you. My guy's in the desert. Coming up next, right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.